Welcome to the Sunbury Press Book Show on the BookSpeak Network. Sunbury Press publishes print, electronic, and audiobooks under a variety of imprints and categories available worldwide wherever books are sold. And now your host, the founder and CEO of Sunbury Press, Lawrence Knorr. I'm at the Christian Baker Farm near historic Boiling Springs, Pennsylvania. My guest today is Dan Van Tassel, the author of Journey by the Book, A Guide to Tales of Travel. Journey by the Book focuses on works in which a voyage, pilgrimage, or journey is pivotal for the story's meaning and structure. It defines categories of travel literature, discusses the gamut of impulses prompting travel, travel writing, and reading, and showcases narrative styles sure to stoke and satisfy a reader's wanderlust. Daniel E. Van Tassel is the author of Back to Barron, a chronicle of growing up in small town and rural mid-America. Van Tassel graduated from St. Olaf College and earned his M.A. and Ph.D. degrees in literature from the University of Iowa. The past 10 years, he spent writing and revising a manuscript now published as Journey by the Book, A Guide to Tales of Travel. A whole decade to bring this about, and we're happy to talk about it today with Dan. Welcome. <laughs> yeah. Dan, I must say, first off, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but 10 years to write a book? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Slow learner here. <laughs> <laughs> I know you got some chapters and uh, a lot of words, and uh, that's a... Uh, I mean, people write at different paces. I've got authors who write uh, and throw me something every three months. I'm like, how do you, oh, I know. How yeah. do, you do that? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I'm sure or, yours is like fine wine, right? It just took a while to ferment and uh, development is something excellent. Oh, I like that analogy. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of give us, give our readers an overview. I, I know the contents vary, time frames and such, but overall theme is travel. You know, actual travel by people. So t tell us what you were doing here. Well, uh, back to the time frame here. Actually, this book kind of evolved out of uh, almost 50 years of teaching because, uh, you know, uh, when you pick up a book, uh, you suddenly uh, leave where you're sitting and, you know, go to where the author is. And especially in, say, novels, there's always a setting. And in those cases where the setting is no longer a background but foreground uh you're you're pretty much into tales of travel and so over the period of teaching lots of works i mean from rhyme thanks and merida rhyme thanks and mariner to the odyssey uh were natural for me on in terms of uh, imaginary journeys and then real journeys like uh, steinbeck's travels with charlie or heat moon's uh, blue highways or on the road, all those road trips and so forth, or voyages uh, of a different kind. Uh, they just impelled me to move forward and to do this department and actually design courses around tales of travel uh, or teach courses that involve travel, like Literary Haunts of the British Isles. That would be a course where I'd take uh, maybe 30 students and we'd go uh, to the British Isles from Ireland to Scotland to England and examine backgrounds that uh, figure in, in books or in authors' lives. Yeah, I'm with you. Let me know when you're going to do that. <laughs> that would <laughs> oh, be... Well, I've done it a lot, but <laughs> I, I imagine we could have an encore. <laughs> yeah. So, Homer's The Odyssey, let's start, let's start way, way back. Yeah. yeah well, how did you treat that? What did you do with that? Well, uh, looked at it... Uh, 
as uh, how do these uh, uh, well the Odyssey itself means you know just uh, an almost a marathon kind of voyage and so forth but uh, how do those reflect uh, values and uh, challenges uh, that are not uh, preserved just for thousands of years ago or in the imagination but uh, how, how does it apply today so there's it's uh, but particularly the narrator is very important. Uh, I've always been interested in the narrator. I did my master's thesis on Chaucer's uh, Canterbury Tales, where 29 of them took off, one of whom was the narrator, Chaucer himself, as he presented himself. Uh, and so the stories are obviously a reflection of the narrator. And so that's that's an important part, uh, I think, in the Odyssey or any of these uh, uh, these uh, books in the shelves of, uh, of travel literature that uh, we the guide the narrator the narrator is the guide and of course in this book journey by the book I have to be the guide because I've been there before where's there well all of these different works you know that mm-hmm. uh, uh, that uh, we're, we're, we're reflecting on uh, and so that uh, the you know the armchair traveler uh, is uh, my companion, and, uh, and we look at uh, different works in which uh, the narrator also sets up a kind of rapport with uh, the would-be traveler. So um, if I was going to try to, say, go over to Europe, over to the Mediterranean, and try to retrace the steps for the Odyssey... Um, are there certain places, like you mentioned, of course, with uh, English lit, you could go to England, of course, you know, that's much more modern. There's still, you know, buildings and places and towns and things that remain uh, with, with the Odyssey. If any aspects of it were actual history, certain some of the places probably were, right? Right. Like, yeah. where, where would you go? Well, uh, you mean physically, that yeah. is, if I were, uh, yeah. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> that's hard to say because uh, when um, so much of it is uh, also domesticated or else it's a uh, uh, very exciting, uh, almost uh, unreal kind of uh, episodes when Odysseus uh, finally, after a decade uh, back and forth and uh, whatever, gets home, mm-hmm. uh, he's confronted with that huge challenge. and. I don't know that there's any particular place that would make uh, those scenes when he returns to uh, uh, have it out with the uh, is it the contenders for his wife's uh, uh, companionship. Uh, but you know he's uh, he's pretty clever with his bow and arrow, and with his son, the two of them uh, launch a, a bloodbath there. Um, I don't know in the case of the Odyssey how helpful it would be to retrace those steps. In fact, in most travelogues uh, that uh, we look at, I don't think there's a sense in which uh, this is more of a guidebook, because guidebooks tell you, you know, what to carry, what not to do, where to go, sites to see, and so forth. They're much more expository and descriptive than, say, uh, a, a, a travelogue where... Uh, the fun of it is the journey, not the arriving, but the going uh, right. from place to place. Uh, and uh, so 
I don't know how helpful it would be to uh, to visit sites uh, in the Mediterranean that uh, are portrayed in uh, epic uh, the. Well, I know uh, some years ago I made a trip over to the Aegean, the Cyclades, and was floating around between islands on a on a Greek ferry, and probably would have been very interesting to have had your book then and be imagining. <laughs> I wonder if Odysseus floated by here with his with his crew. We're going to be right back. I've been talking to Dan Van Tassel, the author of Journey by the Book. Sunbury Press Books is the home of independent authors and thinkers. Radio Free Press is our imprint for politics and social issues. Check out authors such as Pat LaMarche, author of Still Left Out in America, The State of Homelessness in the United States, Jason Altmyer's Dead Center, and A Year of Change and Consequences by Mark Single. Find out more by clicking the Books tab at sunburypress.com. I'm talking to Dan Van Tassel, the author of Journey by the Book, A Guide to Tales of Travel. I would be remiss if I didn't ask about Mark Twain abroad. (laughs) (laughs) I know know, I'm a fan of Mark Twain. I know. And and I also know General Grant did a world tour. It was famous. In fact, I picked up the book yesterday. I found an old copy of it and I was thrilled to have it and was looking at the, uh, the uh, etchings that are in it. I thought they were really fascinating, but Mark Twain went abroad more than once, or what, what do you have that you tell us about here? All right. Well, of course, uh, most people think of uh, Huck Finn or Tom Sawyer uh, or some of the uh, humorous anecdotes of Mark Twain, but uh, but uh, study uh, t- uh, touring abroad twice. Once he went to the really the Holy Land and other areas as a kind of almost a, a modern pilgrimage. Uh, and it was uh, it, it's a very interesting uh, guide, uh, full of uh, uh, full of uh, uh, the uh, thoughts of a traveler who's checking out to see if uh, things have been uh, narrated right or not. Like you know, he can't believe there's so many uh, square foot of uh, lumber that uh, is attested to be. Uh, the cross of Jesus <laughs> and a lot of uh, commercialism and so forth. Well, in his second book, uh, he, he uh, races off uh, to have more fun, and uh, the book becomes just a, a whole cadre uh, of tales uh, that are hilarious, especially as uh, he and his uh, associates uh, climb mountains uh, only to discover that uh, they can't take. Uh, uh, a glacier down because it would take too many hundreds of years to get down, <laughs> and uh, they mix up the daylight or the sun, uh, the the sun uh, coming up in the morning with at night, and miss their target. And uh, it, it's just it is uh, the finest kind of Twain uh, humor, uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, so those two books uh, they're quite lengthy, but they're uh, they're exciting. And I don't think you find uh, time to wink or to uh, pass uh, pass on to another portion, uh, especially well, both for their own sake. The one more of a travelogue, the other uh, collection of uh, sketches that uh, are just uh, 
really stretchers, yeah. <laughs> to use Dwayne's term. He was a master at that. Very, oh, really? He's yeah. had, I mean, yeah, he lived so long ago, but some of the things that I've read had me just laughing out loud. Uh, oh, yeah. Today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite, one of my favorite people in history, for sure. So I have to ask you, given you Ulysses S. Grant's tour after his presidency, uh, that being one of the best-selling books of the era, uh, you don't mention that, that I know of. Uh, in this no, book, but well, there's may- so many hundreds, actually thousands of tales that uh, right. clearly uh, some have to be omitted. I guess I'm. Uh, I look at the whole uh, uh, gamut of uh, different genres in travel, from guidebooks to uh, to travelogues, and uh, what I'm looking for is uh, that kind of uh, perfect uh, blend of the narrator who has great rapport with uh, uh, with uh, the uh, armchair companion uh, and that is a consistent journey not just uh, uh, hip hopping across the uh, countryside or whatever uh, and where the emphasis is on um, is, is on the journey uh, not arriving but yeah. going and so that's those have been kind of the parameters. Uh, but yes, you're right. And I guess my hope is that the book will uh, encourage those that uh, have read other works uh, to read uh, the works that uh, I cite here and uh, to go on from there. Some will maybe even be inspired to write their own um, accounts of travel. Yeah, yeah. Well, definitely uh, I'm picking up the Twain ones. As soon as possible, because <laughs> I don't see them yeah. on my shelf. Well, even in Huck Finn, you know, Huck and uh, and his companion Jim are on a freedom cruise down the Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Of course, Twain is a, a, a fan of the Mississippi from his early uh, days as a pilot of, of uh, boats up and down. But uh, there, too, uh, the stream is important, and all of the observations that especially Huck, well, of course, he's a sounding board for Twain, makes when he sees lights on at night. He says, oh, them's where uh, sick folk are, you know, staying up at night. It's a really poignant kind of observations, not just geographical about the, you know, the shorelines and so forth, although it's confusing because when he makes it down to the end, in his uh, life in the Mississippi, uh, he goes back, he discovers it. it's a totally different trip when you reverse it. And yeah. we find that true, too. I mean, there's, you start looking for certain sites on a, a well-known trip, and they differ depending on whether you're going or coming. <laughs> hey, I even take yeah. a, I do a three-mile walk five, six times a week, and I walk down to the creek and back from the creek, and I get a different perspective each way. <laughs> Isn't that true? Yeah. Yeah, and I actually, you know, I think I'm not someone who likes to to travel over the same path that I just traveled, but I tolerate that because you get a different perspective of of that. So it doesn't seem like the same path, but it is. No, no. And I suppose everyone who experiences either vicariously or uh, in real uh, a trip uh, knows that uh, no trip will ever be quite duplicated in the same way. I mean, there are just... You know, spontaneous things mm-hmm. that occur, and uh, and the weather, every, all kinds of factors uh, uh, influence uh, that journey. 
Well, I have to ask you, you start out with Steinbeck. Now, does that yeah. mean that over the 10 years you were writing this, that's the one you wrote first? Or did you arrange for a reason to put Steinbeck first? Well, I think uh, there's quite a lot of road trips on motorcycles and in uh, vans and in, uh, uh, on, uh, in different ways. But I think uh, Steinbeck, well, anyway, in terms of the chapters, it's a lot like my book, Back to Baron, in which I trace uh, 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 the journey through time back uh, rather than in space. But uh, I've I've just uh, made the uh, table of contents uh, comfortable in that uh, the the chapters vary in length, and they uh, touch on sometimes imaginary journeys, sometimes real journeys. The mode of travel varies. Uh, so that you could really dip into that book, just like the back uh, back to Baron, which is a set of essays, any place you want, and get your bearings and keep going. I think Steinbeck, uh, he of course yearned uh, at that time in his life to get more acquainted with uh, America. He'd been uh, quite a traveler abroad and elsewhere, and so uh, because there are several road trips uh, based uh, in the USA. Um, I thought it would be uh, helpful to start with somebody like Steinbeck and his dog Charlie, <laughs> right? Uh, and uh, how how they began to see what was happening in America, because a lot of it has to do with the vision. When Persig from Minnesota starts out on a road trip on his motorcycle with his son in back and a pair of friends on a motorcycle in front of him from uh, Minnesota to uh, the Pacific Northwest, uh, he's, he comments on how uh, he's able to see so much more than people behind a windshield, especially if those behind the windshield are just itchy to get to their, uh, their destination rather than, uh, you know, enjoy the ambience and, uh, well, in case of uh, Persig, uh, the thoughts that come back and forth. His interior monologues are uh, kind of, well, he calls them Chautauqua. But anyway, back to Steinbeck. Uh, Steinbeck uh, kind of, uh, well, he's giving us an orientation uh, to uh, the USA, and that prepares the way later, say, for uh, Blue Highways, where, again, the narrator avoids the freeways and takes to the back roads uh, and goes uh, not across, but back and forth uh, through the country uh, to get acquainted with uh, the whole um, uh, the whole uh, range of human beings and uh, stopping at places that are not um, uh, franchises like McDonald's, yeah. but the little cafes and so forth where you see individuals who stand out that way. All right, Dan, we're going to need to take another break. I'm talking to okay. Dan Van Tassel, the author of Journey by the Book. We'll be right back. Listen for the Brown Posey Press podcast, available here on the BookSpeak Network. I'm Tori Gates, and my guests include fellow authors on our fiction imprint, but also other independent and self-published writers, poets, movers, and shakers in the literary world. Listen for current and previous shows here. The BookSpeak Network brings the story behind the stories and their creators here. I'm talking to Dan Van Tassel, the author of Journey by the Book, A Guide to Tales of Travel. 
We were talking about Steinbeck and the journeys that are present in his works, and I think we started a transition to Blue Highways. And I know it's one of my favorite things uh, to get off the beaten path, get off the interstate, get away from the McDonald's, Wendy's, Arby's, and all that, and onto uh, one of the older highways that might have some of the more historic businesses or unique places to see. And uh, there's less and less of that around anymore, but... um, you know, like you said, it, it's more about the journey than the destination. And there, there's some interesting journeys out there for sure. Um, the uh, one question I did want to ask you here and now, we just have a few more minutes to go. Of all these chapters and people and literary works that you wrote about, is there a favorite one that really stood out to you? Well, the Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner is a classic, it seems like. Uh, you, you never really exhausted on one reading. And, of course, that's the definition for a classic, that it's worth returning to time and time again, whether it's a painting or a, a play or, or, or what have you. Uh, and uh, I, I liked a, a set of uh, motorcycle uh, journeys, uh, Jupiter's Travels, in which Simon, when he was a young fellow, he's now in the 90s, he's living in northern california kind of remotely and he's still riding a motorcycle anyway he goes all around the world of course uh being a global trip he has to put the uh a motorcycle aboard a ferry from time to time to make it and so on uh, but that's that's that is really fresh and mm-hmm. uh, uh i hadn't read that before i got really more deliberate in selecting works in which the setting became the you know the primary uh, factor in its interest. Uh, I was going to say, you just mentioned about roads, uh, back roads and so forth. My son and I, in real life, we, we love to take road trips, and especially, say, like Route 66. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's uh, there are pieces of it yet, uh, and some of the pieces still have uh, uh, some of the, the dives and the <laughs> restaurants along the way. And then there's a big museum, um, uh, you know, uh, talking about how critical that was to the Western uh, the Western movement. But a lot of those uh, tales, too, I think what's uh, so provocative about them are that they uh, cover places that, uh, that uh, are both kind of universal and particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a combo that I think is really interesting. That is, something can be local color, and yet it can also be universal in its appeal and those works i think are uh, I, I mean those are the criteria i think for me at least uh to uh have favorites and go back to them again and again um, and there are even parts of tales that you go back to uh and uh because it just seems like uh, it's it, it's inexhaustible well Professor Van Tessel, this has been fascinating. I guess if if I would be taking your class and be trying to summarize this, and you know, I'm probably going to get a failing grade, but <laughs> I, I like when you say that it's about more about the journey than the destination. And I imagine a lot of what you've selected and blended together here is about learning and the human experience. Uh, you bet. Yeah. So I don't know. It, you have some it, thoughts it, on that? Yeah, I think. Uh, our worldview, even uh, from local to uh, universal, is expanded by 
reading about things that uh, cause us to objectify our, our uh, prejudices and, and the limits of our uh, knowledge. It's, there's no better way than to travel. Of course, used to be in the, from the Renaissance on that uh, the Englishman was not uh, fully educated until he had taken a, uh, you know, wandering through the continent. The Grand uh, Tour. And even nowadays in terms of college students with these uh, uh, terms abroad, you know, study abroad programs, and that's why I got into that to start with. I had a lot of, I, uh, I had a lot of uh, students uh, taking actual on-the-site courses, and uh, and there's something to be said for uh, for extending your worldview. And of course, if it's going to be reading, all you got to do is uh, find a chair that's comfortable and well lit, and uh, get a uh, copy of the book or go on online and you, you don't you don't have the hassle or the expense of of travel right and there have been more and more hassles in recent yeah. years unfortunately <laughs> yeah I, I second that as far as my own yeah. life experience but of course during the pandemic yeah uh travel really uh cut back and even now it's, it's getting so expensive for fuel and so forth that there's more and more attention to the uh uh to uh, armchair traveling yeah uh, and I definitely second the idea of uh, education through travel. I know personally, you know, learned so much on the trips oh, yeah. that I took, especially uh, in my 20s when I started traveling abroad. Came just amazing amount of things that you learn and the perspective that you come back with is a much better, I think, worldview. Um all right. Well, we have just a couple minutes to go. What are you working on now? I, I know this book took 10 years, so I'm, I'm assuming you're probably not too far on the next one, or maybe you're still thinking about it. <laughs> well, I don't know if I would do a sequel or not, but I mean, I've also interested in scholarly writing, and I've done uh, articles on Shakespeare, Beckett, uh, Lawrence, Hardy, and others, and a lot of uh, uh, books, uh, reviews, and modern fiction studies. So I continue that, but... Uh, of course, right now I'm immersed in uh, in sharing, as we are right now on on the airwaves here. But uh, uh, I'll probably undertake uh, uh, some uh, journeys to different places to uh, acquaint people with the book and give them the opportunity to purchase and get signed a copy. So that's my preoccupation right now. I'm setting up different events, uh, and, but. The last uh, major tours I made were through Wisconsin and Minnesota to towns that would uh, uh, have an affinity with uh, the kind of book that uh, Back to Barron was. And I'm also now reaching out through uh, newsletters and and uh, other sources to uh, do some uh, moving about with uh, boxes of books. Yeah. Yeah, well, thank you for that. We appreciate the effort. Hopefully, you know, we can also sell thousands of boxes of books on our end. <laughs> Let's hope. <laughs> Professor Very Van Tassel, good. it's been a thrill talking to you. Always educational. Uh, well, I've enjoyed uh, the question and answers. Yeah, very good. All right, we'll have you back another time. Thanks again. All righty. Thank you for listening to the Sunbury Press Book Show on the BookSpeak Network. Check out our website at www.sunburypress.com for our latest releases. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter to receive special offers and discounts.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.